Hey, welcome back to Pigeonal Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Michelle. I'm super excited to do this and yeah, all-star teams, nothing else like them. No, it's going to be good. And you know us, we don't claim to be a hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this episode, we want to welcome back our special guest, the broadcaster of the USPHL's Northern Colorado Eagles, Brendan Price. Brendan, welcome back to the show. Howdy, howdy. Thanks for having me on. And like Michelle said, all-star teams, man, nothing like them. It's going to be a good one. No, I'm really excited for this one. When I came up with it, because we've been doing a lot of uh, episodes as of late, uh, well, I guess the last six months where we've, you know, we talked about American and Canadian dream teams, the Russian dream team, the European dream team. We did an all-time Olympic dream team. And I thought, why not do USPHL Mountain Division dream team? And the perfect two people I thought about was co-host Michelle and you, Brendan, because all three of us are deeply ingrained into our teams you know, me being Ogden, Michelle being Pueblo, and Brendan, of course, you being Northern Colorado. And I thought this would be a great time to just highlight these players, build a Mountain Division dream team, and uh, and just have fun with it. And so I did put in some stipulations for you listeners. What we decided to do is you have a maximum of six players from any one Mountain Division team and a minimum of three. Whatever team you pick, Beyond that, it's, it's all good, but you can't. Uh, I couldn't load up on Mustangs. Michelle couldn't load up on Bulls, and Brendan couldn't load up on Eagles. We had a pick from around the Mountain Division, so we could highlight. And, and there's so much talent in the Mountain Division, whether it's your team or not. You can recognize the just incredible talent on uh, on every other team in the division. Not completely, Chris. And something I want to add is I think that the USPHL's Mountain Division is the best division in this league. It certainly got the probably the toughest competitor in the Utah Outliers, which we'll get into a little bit later. I know that my guys on the Pueblo Bulls always talk about how they're just an extremely tough opponent. So definitely a lot of talent throughout this entire division, and it's going to be exciting. And it was so hard to just limit it to only six maximum players from each team. So definitely was a tough one. Yes, it was. And so that's what we're going to get into here. So what we're going to do, listeners, is we're going to start by picking our goalie core we have a backup, a starter, and then a depth player. Uh, we're going to move around to defensive core of the 60 and one depth player. And then we're going to pick our bottom six with two depth forwards and our top six. And let's get this thing kicked off. Brandon, what three goalies would you pick from the Mountain Division for your all-star team? Well, for me, I think I would only take two goalies for starters. And the reason I say that is because I look across the Mountain Division it's chock full of outstanding goaltending this year. That's really been a strength of the division as a whole, um, where last year was a lot more scoring heavy. But, man, if I had to take two goalies and start from scratch, I'd take Axel Rosenlund of the Provo Riverblades and Charles Anthony Barbo of the Eagles. Those two collectively have just been outstanding this year. I mean, you talk about Rosenlund, right, a midseason addition for Provo from the AJ. He's really helped stabilize between the pipes for the Riverblades. He's got a couple wins. You know, he's had three games already this season where he's made 50 or more saves, and he's really helped give them an extra push and alleviate some of that workload on Patrick Colburn. And then I'm going to go with my first homer pick of the afternoon, and I'm going to take Charles Anthony Barbeau, who had 41 saves on Friday night against the Pueblo Bulls in their 2-1 win yesterday. But you can't say enough about Barbeau. He just – he's incredible. The numbers bear that out, and he just he's worked so hard. He's really controlled and taken over the number one role for the Eagles this year. He's you know stopping pucks at a 9-11 save percentage, which is not shabby, and so those are my two goalies. Awesome. What about you, Michelle? Who did you select? 
my starting goal have Artem Lantuk, and this is bias aside. And well, my guy Alex Timmons, uh, he's been doing just fantastic for the Pueblo Bulls right now, doing an outstanding job. Artem, he's just such an explosive skater, and I bring that up every time with his uh, Russian goaltender style. And uh, he's able to make insane lateral pushes, and I just think that goes to show his athleticism and his strength he's just unbelievable and he has 0.913 save percentage currently and while he's faced 825 shots this season he has only allowed 72 goals all season long so I think that is incredible based on the number of shots that he has faced and then for my other goaltender I also took Garen of the outlaw and honestly in my opinion I think his statistics just speak for themselves he's been 13-1-1 and this season with 1.98 goals against average so he is just incredible I know that he has been a reason that the Bulls have really struggled against Utah this year even if they have like a grade A offensive opportunity Alderman he's just such a great goaltender and something that they say about goaltenders is they have to be their best penalty killer so even when the Bulls or somebody has a man advantage I know that Alderman he's a reliable goaltender and so he does a great job keeping the puck out of the net and for my other goaltender I had from the Utah Outliers as well I had Marco Felicetti am I saying that correct I think so Felicetti Felicetti yeah Oh, yeah, Felicetti. He's been an absolute yeah. rock star. Oh, yeah, 100% note about that. He is 16-3-1 this season. And just basically for the same reasons that Garrett Alderman has been just outstanding this season is because, as I mentioned, he's a reliable goaltender. Great whenever his team goes on the penalty kill, so he doesn't get like shaken up by a man advantage. And just a strong goaltender overall. And uh, I really can't tell you much about his technique or like his style of goaltending, but all I could tell you is that he's definitely denied a lot of grade A chances as well. So those are my three goaltenders. No, I think those are excellent selections as well. And then I'll break into my goaltenders and we'll, we'll discuss our goaltending trios here a little bit more. So, for my depth goalie, I went with Marco Falaschetti. He's played 21 games this year. He has a 9-2-3 save percentage. He's only 18 years old out of Cavalese, Italy. Really impressed me this year with the way he's been able to hold in that. He's definitely got a lot of defensive support, which is why he'll end up being my depth goaltender. But I think he's a, just an excellent goaltender. My backup I selected is Charles Anthony Barbeau. He's played 22 games so far this season. He's got that 9-11 save percentage, out of, and he's a 19-year-old out of St. Remy, Quebec. I think his game has been absolutely excellent this year. I mean, he has played some shutdown hockey, made some wild saves, and I couldn't be any more impressed with the kid. But for my starter, I went with the guy who's played 23 games this year with the 9-1-3 save percentage out of Moscow, Russia, 20-year-old Artem Lantuk. Really, he's just been the beast this season for the Bulls. And when you know Lantuk's in that, you know you're going to see some just wild saves, some really amazing goaltending and there's a reason that I went with the three goalies I did, and I did this throughout my entire roster, is I wanted guys on my roster who played the bulk of the season. There's a lot of talent coming into the Mountain Division right now. Timmons, for example, who's been just a rock star with the Bulls, uh, like Rosenlund with Provo. I mean, the Mustangs don't put too much work on any one goalie. They have like 13, 11, and 11 between the three goalies they have now in terms of how many games they played. And I think uh, even when you include Striplin in there, who's moved on to another team, he's played a couple games. They don't put too much workload on any one particular goalie. And therefore I just didn't choose any of my boys. And I really wanted the the guys who were really heavily playing in net. And I went with Felicetti over, over Alderman just really because he's 
he's been just a beast of a goalie this season. Alderman has made some incredible saves, and he's come on real strong as of late too. But yeah, I think Brendan, you had it right. The goaltending in the Mountain Division this season has just been incredible to watch. You guys were talking about with Barbeau and last night's game. He was a big reason that the Bulls were unable to get the equalizer in that game, even though they really started to catch some fire. They were getting power play opportunities, but Barbeau, he just wasn't allowing anything. So uh, he does a really great job at going back to what I was talking about with Artem Lantuk is those lateral pushes that they're able to make and they're able to find their posts really well. And that's just so important in the goaltending position. Yeah, incredibly important what you said about Alex Timmons as well just uh he's having a really great season as well the started all three games the last home series that the Pueblo Bulls had and so I'm really impressed with him as well and it was tough for me to not have him even as my third string goaltender and and on the Timmons note I, I think what's been encouraging especially if you're you know someone looking at it through the Bulls microscope is you know the first two weekends that Timmons was in Pueblo was really about getting adjusted didn't really look comfortable had a couple of rough outings and you know this is something you saw last year with the Bulls where they had a primary goaltender absorb most of the workload in the first half of the season and now here in the second half they found an option with Alex Timmons who started four straight games. The Bulls have actually been really incredible with their goaltending this year. They're getting the whole mountain division. And I, again, I would be amiss to not mention Patrick Coburn, who's just faced so many, so many shots this season. It's, it's unreal. And originally he did make my dream team list, but I think as, as, as month of January is kind of settled in, I think he's lost a little bit of confidence in net facing so many shots and the Provo bench is usually pretty short. And to be able to distribute that workload between him and Rosenland was definitely needed as as Coburn sat through what was a really rough beginning of the season, 70, 80 shots a game. That's a lot of work on, on a young goalie. Goaltending in the Mountain Division is super strong this year, and so is defense. So let's talk about some defense. For defense, this is how we're going to roll it. I'm going to talk about my depth guy and then my defensive pairing. So for my depth defenseman, I went with Jack Stecco out of uh, Pueblo. The 18-year-old at Goddard's Ontario, he's really impressed me this season. He's young. I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. Got a goal and a total seven points. He's just had a phenomenal season. My third defensive pairing is Xavier Fortin out of Northern Colorado and Braden Deck out of Provo. Xavier being the 19-year-old out of Quebec and Braden Deck being the 19-year-old out of Saskatoon. And again, they both had about in the teens on total points right now, a handful of goals. My defense pairing number two is Luke Foss out of Ogden and Matthew Kepke out of Utah. Luke Foss being the 18-year-old out of Eagle, Idaho and Kepke being the 19-year-old out of Vernon Hills, Illinois. Really strong, both very young and very, very offensive defensemen. Definitely threats back there on the blue line. But for my top defensive pairing, I went with Jack Jones out of Ogden, my boy, Captain Jack, the 20-year-old out of Waconia, Minnesota, who's gotten seven goals and 12 points so far this season. And what's been a kind of a shortened season for him, he's only been able to play three quarters of the season due to injury, but he's back. And then Bailey Freifogel out of Northern Colorado, the 20-year-old out of Chatham, Ontario. And I thought it was important for me to have a couple 20-year-olds as my top defensive pairing. More mature, as far as I'm aware, for Bailey, his last season of eligibility as well to play in the USPHL Premier. And these two, as a top defensive pairing, really, really incredible players. So, Brandon, who did you select? I like, Chris, that you talked about, you know, hey, I want a couple of 20-year-olds headlining 
you know, your defense. I really looked at this as more of a, hey, if I if I had to pick, if I had to pluck a starting lineup out of the ether in our division, what would I have it look like? And so for me, you know, starting like going, I think, bottom up defensively, my last three defensemen are going to be Matt Cottle, Braden Deck, and Cameron Hawks. And and those three in particular, I mean, Deck gets so much ice time in promo because they are so shorthanded, but you know, Hawks and Coddle in particular are two of the better penalty-killing defensemen. Um, they're great stay-at-home defensemen. They're solid with the puck. They don't – it's not that they don't take risks. They take the right risks. They really don't put their teams in bad position by, you know, pinching at the wrong time or stepping into a passing lane at the wrong time. They're just solid all-around defensive defensemen. You know, in the middle, Evan Wamas and Austin Gibson. I like uh, a little hot and cold little sweet and sour defensively on that pair. <laughs> um, Wamas, you know, he's a towering figure. This is his second year with the Eagles. He had a power, power play goal uh, last night in Pueblo. And he's a great puck mover. He's so easy skating and moving the puck offensively. He's in a great spot defensively. He's got 21 points this year. I paired him with Austin Gibson because Gibson, that man, just blocks shots. That's all he does. He steps in the way. He's constantly there defensively. And having that balance on that second unit is really the way I was looking at that. And then up top, for me, offense, offense, offense. I want my guys to score goals, and that's why I've got Matthew Kepke and Bailey Freifogel up front on that number one defensive unit. I mean, you look at Freifogel. He's had five goals in his last five games. He's really starting to round into form in his you know 20-year-old year. And I have the privilege of doing the playoffs last year and that the round robin especially with the outliers winning and advancing to nationals the round robin was Matthew Kepke's coming out party he had four points in four games in the round robin he scored a pair of goals and he looked so confident and so ready to step into a bigger role and boy oh boy has he done that this year 25 points in 34 games he had a goal last night against Ontario. He's really, in my mind, one of the guys that, you know, you look at and you say, why why junior hockey? Why do you stay with the same organization, you know, for a year or two? And it's really to develop and take that next step. And Kepke's done that this year. And, mm-hmm. you know, this is his, this as an O2, you know, he's been, he's been incredible this year. And he's got one more year of eligibility. And so it'll be interesting to see what he decides to do. But, man. He's been outstanding. I cannot talk enough about, from an opposing standpoint, watching his game blossom has been wonderful. I think if he's not playing in a in a higher league next year, I'd actually be stunned. So, Michelle, who did you have as your defensive team? Well, Chris and Brendan, first off, I got any lovable players I was hearing. Jack Stecco and Austin Gibson definitely were contenders for me. I didn't end up choosing them, unfortunately, but just you guys hit the nail on the head with what you said about them. Except, Brendan, I'm not, I don't think that all Austin Gibson does is block shots. I've seen him shoot pucks from the red line before, and they land on net, and they are solid shots. So um, he's a really good shooter as well, and he actually leads the Bulls in goals right now for defensemen. Sorry. And so for my depth player, however, I went with Marco Bayer. I went with him because six foot three, 195 pounds. I feel like you need a player like that. He's a good physical player, kind of a big guy. And so I feel like he would really help with that physicality aspect on my team. And then as for my bottom two defensemen, I have... Braden Deck from the Provo River Blades. I really struggled with either going between him 
and Kepke, I believe is how you pronounce it, from the Utah Outliers, but I ended up going with Braden Deck of the Provo River Blades. Just what you said about him, he can contribute on offense. I think he leads defensemen in scoring for the Provo River Blades. So he's great in that area of being an offensive defenseman. And then alongside him, I have Luke Foss from the Ogden Mustangs, who has, in 32 games this season, 27 points and 7 goals, 20 assists. So as you see, there's a lot of offense with my bottom two defensemen. And then as for my middle two, I have Max and Cottle. And like I said, Brendan, you hit the nail on the head with Max and Cottle. He's just a great penalty killing defenseman. And I think he really displayed that in last night's game, especially he takes those passing lanes away. He has a great stick. He's able to clear the puck very well. And just overall, he cares about his plus minus. He hates getting scored against and he doesn't get scored on uh, very often. So I think just him being a reliable defenseman, really, I would love to have him on my team. And then he's a big guy as well at 6'4". So he's a veteran player. And I feel like in his rookie season, he was one who took a lot of penalties. And I feel that's something he's really worked on this season. And that maturity aspect that you guys were talking about, that's something that the Bulls kind of struggled with early on. But little by little, they are really improving that and staying out of the box more. And that's really helping them out in this uh, latter half of the season. And he's also working on his offensive game as well, carrying the puck up the ice and a much better stick handler. So I got Max and Cottle. And then alongside him, I have Bailey Freifogel from none other than the Northern Colorado Eagles. As you guys were talking about, a great offensive defenseman. And I think pairing him with Max and Cottle, they're really kind of polar opposites when it comes to their style of play. So I think he would contribute a lot. And then as for my top two defensemen, I have Helvis. Is it Helvis? I think it's Helvis Rudice from Utah Yeah. 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 Helvis Rudice. Helvis Rudice, not a huge point producer whatsoever, but he can be definitely a solid defenseman and he's reliable as well, just like I was talking about with Max and Cottle, shutdown defenseman, huge guy, six foot seven, 216 pounds. So he's able just to use his size, his ability, and his physicality is really impressive. And I paired him with Connor Williams of the Pueblo Bulls. Connor Williams, he is something that I can't say enough good things about. He's had three goals and nine assists this season. So he's tied for first in points among defensemen with the Pueblo Bulls. And just overall, he is a great two-way defenseman, plays both sides of the puck so well, does great on both the power play and the penalty kill. He's got a great wrist shot, lots of patience, and he takes away that separation from whoever he's defending and is just able to strip people of the puck really well. So Connor Williams, I think, is one of the best defensemen in the USPHL Mountain Division. Yeah, we've had some pretty awesome selections, a lot of dispersity amongst our defensemen. And that's that's what I was really excited to see is we all have very different outlooks on on how we built our defensive core and, and what we were looking for. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. We haven't even gotten to forwards I, yet. I, I, no, no, not yet. <laughs> I can't wait to break. Let's break right into forwards. And uh, for anyone that wants to stick around, if we'll probably talk about our selections even more in depth. But you know what? When it comes to the bottom six and the death forwards, Michelle, lead us off. This is where I'm going to butcher these names the most, I feel. But I'll start with the one that I know by heart, and that is Kenny the Third. I have him as my fourth-line right winger. And something about Kenny Thiefault, he's had four goals and two assists in 12 games this season. And 
him and Isaac Hood, I was really between these two. They've been teammates for quite a while, and they have the same style of play. They're big guys. They really like to apply clean hits to people, and they hit the right way. They're just such big guys that they will absolutely light kids up. So big power forwards, but they could also find the back of the net as well. And Kenny Thiefault, he's proved that he's a great player when it comes to overtime. So I just really like having Thiefault on that fourth line. Somebody, like I said, that power forward. And I think he'd be a great player when it comes to playoffs, when things get a little more physical. And then centering my fourth line, I have Lucas Washko of the Ogden Mustangs. 14 goals, 28 assists this season for 42 points in 32 games. So I think those numbers kind of speak for themselves. He's just a huge point producer. Uh, I really I hate to be this way, but every time I have to pick or admit that an Ogden Mustangs player or a Northern <laughs> Colorado Eagles player, no offense, is good. Uh, it really kind of kills me just because they're a huge rival of the Pueblo Bulls. But nonetheless, like I was saying, Lucas Washko, he's just that impressive player. I know the Bulls, mm-hmm. he's tough to play against for sure. And it's it's pretty frustrating when he's on the ice. And then as for my left winger on my fourth line, I'm going to butcher this name, Matteo Langlois, Langlois. Hello. Langlois. Uh, Langlois. Right first Thank you very show. much. <laughs> was I? Thank you. Okay. All right. Langlois. I guess. Uh, guess loving hockey. Um, I've come to pronounce uh, different names. Anyway, Langlois. He's had uh, 25 points in 27 games this season. So I feel he would be more of like forward that you would see on the penalty kill, or just somebody who doesn't always score goals, but who can contribute defensively, even though he is a winger instead of a center. So that's who I had on my fourth line. And then as for my third line, centering my third line, this one hurts as well. Even though he's not on Ogden or NOCO, it is Blake Blevins from the Provo River Blades. And his stats aside, to be honest, I think that he's just a great special teams player, especially on the power play. Even though he's not a defenseman, often I see him in that like quarterback position, and he has a great wrist shot. And that's where I feel he's most dangerous is whenever he's on the power play. So, like I said, great sniper. And just he's a player that the Bulls hate to play against as well because of uh, he gets under their skin a little bit, I'd say. And he plays with an edge for sure. And then my third line right winger, I have Yuri Yushakov of the Provo River Blades. And Yuri this season, 21 points in 27 games for the River Blades. And I think, as we know, the River Blades have been struggling this season, but I think it's Pretty impressive that he's still been able to put up 21 points despite having a younger team this season. And they're still kind of getting things figured out. And they're sitting at the bottom of the mountain division. But I think players like Yuri Yushakov are really impressive. As for my left winger on my third line, I have Jake Muir. Is it Muir? Mayor? Yeah, How do you say Jake, that one? Jake Muir. Yep. Jake, Jake Muir. Muir. All right. Yeah. Jake, not from Once State Muir. That's, that's what I like to call I don't think he likes it, but I like it. <laughs> I, I'd like to clarify something because this is – I've been internally debating this for the last two broadcasts. Yep. I've heard Mirror and I've heard Miri. I've heard Stefan use both. I haven't I haven't gotten a chance to ask him, is it Miri or Mirror? I'm pretty confident it's Mirror, but now you got me wondering if it's Miri. It's, I'm pretty confident it's Mirror, Jake Mirror, because I call him Jake not from State Farm Mirror. I've never – I might have called him Miri when I started the podcast, but I'm pretty confident I always hear Jake Mir. I heard a lot of different pronunciations of a lot of different names, and I'm 
awesome at pronunciations for anyone that listens to this podcast. Okay, so I, uh, See, I'm I, sticking with Jake, not from State Farm here. Now, now you've got me doubting myself. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to reach out to Stefan. Uh, Stefan, our wonderful, at least in my case, good friend and colleague. Like I'm going to have to reach out to him and get some clearance on that point since they're coming to town next weekend. So there we go. So Stefan, I know you're listening to this immediately contact Brendan. I'll probably be sleeping by the time you hear this podcast because I'm eight hours ahead of Mountain Division time. So contact Brendan, clear up, not from State Farm, Miri, so we can get uh, Jake's name right there. But yeah, he, oh man, he, he got hit this game against the Sabres. I'm glad he's okay. But when the opposing goalie is concerned, you got rattled. So good thing that he's okay though. If anybody didn't see that highlight, Jake went, flipping and landed that is good because yeah basically going off of what i've seen from him playing against the bulls i know that he's a great point producer and just a name that you hear quite often whether he's scoring goals or if he's getting an assist or even if he's not on the score sheet he's often contributing so jake muir he's my third line left winger that wraps up my bottom six so with my bottom six I don't know. I This is hard. This is really hard to really. There's so much talent in the Mountain Division this year that there's a lot of guys I had that I left off the list. But these are the guys that made the list. And so with my depth forwards, I went with Dawson Higgins out of Provo. He's got six goals, 11 points this year. He's only 17 years old out of Kamas, Utah. He's just really, really impressive player to watch. And, and as you know, Michelle mentioned, they are struggling this year. But you can definitely see the 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 talent that Provo has uh, once it can be all put together. And Higgins has actually been a pretty awesome player to watch so far this season. And I only think he's going to be more threatening next year. Uh, and then I also picked Ethan Pittsman off the Noco. Uh, he's got 11 goals, 26 points this year. He's a 20-year-old out of Homer, Alaska. Really impressive player. It's so much fun to watch. And you know when he's on the ice, Noco's immediately a threat. For my bottom line, I have... Kyle Muir out of Provo, the 18-year-old out of Chicago, being centered, or he's centering my wingers, which are the left winger Braden Freifogel out of Northern Colorado, the 18-year-old out of Wyoming, Ontario, and right winger Braden Lacomi out of Pueblo, the 19-year-old out of Shanhassen, Minnesota. I'm imagining that's how it's pronounced. I think All it's Chan- Chanhassen. Chanhassen. Sorry, Braden. I think Braden scored. Wasn't Braden the goal scorer for? Yeah, um, yeah okay. I think it's Chanhassen. Yeah, I think he scored I, his 13th goal last night, right? But the I love, uh, I love Lacomi's game. Yes, I would agree completely. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. That was just no. the wrong three people to turn the puck over to last no. night. No, no, <laughs> you're you're good. I I have to say, of, of all of the, just the guys that, you know, you watch in and out and, and looking around the division, I, I think Lacomi a lot of times, I mean, he's such a good point producer for the Bulls. And I think that sometimes, you know, with the headlines that St. Ange gets and, and Brendan Dicker has really come on strong over the last month and a half or so, I think for me, and again, this is just kind of the outside looking in, like Lacomi's tied for second on the team in scoring. And sometimes he just does it in such an understated way. It almost feels like he gets lost in the shuffle um, on occasion. And he's just so smooth handling the puck, and he's always in the right place. And so I think that bottom six pick hitting Lacomi is a very nice addition. Yeah, I think uh, 
the way I built my my forwards, and I'll, I'll talk about it more with the top three lines. The top three lines, I, I picked them very specifically. My my fourth line was a struggle because I had to leave so many talented players off. And when it came to this bottom line, I'm like, I just want a nice balanced line of goals and assists. With my top three lines, I basically went with a couple strong goal scorers and a strong assist player. Because if you have three strong goal scorers on the same line, it it was almost historically never worked out. You have to have someone who's able to feed the puck. And someone who has a lot of assists but not a lot of goals is usually that person knows how to attract the attention, develop the play, and find the open man. And that is so critical in hockey. With this fourth line, when I looked at Freifogel, Mir, and Lacomi, I agree with you completely. Lacomi is so under the radar it makes him a real scary threat. Kyle Muir has amazing, amazing, and I'm hoping I pronounces his name right, but he's got such a good leadership quality. Obviously, he's a captain of the Provo Riverblades. I think, and that shows when he's on the ice. He's a leader, and you want that on your team. And then Freifogel, I mean, what else can you say? Uh, Freifogel is always a threat. Both the Freifogels are threats. And, uh, you know, him being so young, he's got a couple more years of eligibility. I'm excited to see you know, how much farther he goes because he's such a talented player for only 18 years old. So really, that's how I looked at my fourth line. My third line, like I built my first two lines, I was looking for a assist artist and then a couple goal scorers. And so on this line, my assist artist is the centerman, Miles McHugh out of Utah, the 19-year-old out of Plano, Texas. He knows where to be. He's such a smart hockey player. And <laughs> as as Michelle was mentioning how she has this, you know, feeling about, oh, I have to I have to give props to an Ogden Mustang or or, or Northern Colorado Eagle. <laughs> I'm this way with the Utah outliers. Utah and Ogden, we don't like each other at all and utah is so strong this year we basically had their number all up until like forever even into wshl and this year they're good they're really good and they've got a lot of amazing talent on this team and uh it was tough only picking five of them for this roster as well so and McHugh's one of those guys when you know he's on the ice you're like oh come on here he is on his wings Braden Dicker out of Pueblo, the 20-year-old out of Clarkston, Michigan. And the right winger would be Parker Williams out of Utah, the 20-year-old out of West Bloomfield, Michigan. I think if you compare what Brendan Dicker and Parker Williams can do, both of them are super – like Brendan Dicker is more like it, – it's it's a good thing that he's on the Bulls because he, he just – He's a bull on the ice. Like he will just plow through where he needs to be. It's a really skilled way of just plowing through what needs to happen on the ice. And I think for him being on the Bulls, that's perfect. And then Parker Williams, man, he is so talented with the puck. He is such a threat when he has the puck on his stick. If Dicker and Williams had McHugh feeding him, this would be a, a hell of a line for a third line, much less. So, Brendan, who do you got for your uh, bottom six and depth? So for my bottom six in depth, I took a, a page out of the early to mid-2000s. I wanted a bottom six that could win faceoffs, kill penalties, and steamroll some folks. They didn't necessarily need to get a bunch of goals, but they've got the talent to do it. So, I mean, starting off with the depth forward, I, I think, you know, the guy that I start with is Quinn O'Reilly, right, of the Northern Colorado Eagles. You know, the scoring has been a bit down for O'Reilly this year, and you know, what's I think what kind of people forget about Quinn right now is, you know, he's only got six goals in 29 games this year. 
This is O'Reilly's fifth year of juniors. I mean, he started playing junior hockey at 15 in, in the WSHL with Wichita. And so, I mean, he's been doing this a long time at this level. And, you know, that experience, that extra edge um, that he plays with, along with the ability to get into position and, and get goals, I think is really valuable as a plug-and-play kind of guy on the wing. And how's um, he doing, by the way? Because I, I, I saw he had that awkward injury last night. He, yeah, it it looked like, you know, obviously, I mean, Michelle was, was down there. Um, I was just watching and living vicariously through the hockey TV screen. He skated in the third period. He had his normal shifts. And so it looks like, okay. you know, knock on wood, it looks like everything's okay. That's cool. uh, But obviously, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with the rest of the weekend. My fourth line, it's, it's. I, I went with Blake Blevins, obviously, and Michelle mentioned this earlier. He's really excellent quarterbacking a power play. And and the thing that I like about Blevins' numbers aside is it's the same effort every single shift. It doesn't matter if it's the first shift of the game and it's 0-0. Zero, zero. It doesn't matter if Provo's up 5 nothing or down 7-2 late in the third. He goes out there and he plays hard every shift. And he's an agitator. Um you know, he's he falls on that list of guys where if you look at him and say, man, we're playing against him, you don't want to do it because he's annoying. Right. He gets in your, <laughs> yeah. he gets in yeah. your face. He's harassing you on the back check. Yep. Um, and then he's the guy that you want in your corner, you yeah. want on your roster. Yeah. Um, for the Mustangs, I, I think what's interesting for me anyways, I I think I'm going to take some dark horses. <laughs> pun intended, off, <laughs> off, off the Mustangs roster. Um, I, I'm going to tease it a little bit. I took none of their top scores, not a single one, not one. The first Mustang that I took that came to mind for me um, is Daniel Falzer. I mean, mm-hmm. you want to talk about a guy that's excellent on the penalty kill, is spectacular statistically on defensive zone draws in particular, he wins them at over a 50% rate. You need to have a guy like that on your roster. Someone that if, if the game's tight and you need a D zone faceoff win, he's going to be the guy that gets you one. And the other guy on that fourth line for me is, you know, one of Michelle's bowls. It's going to be Kenny Thievault the third. I mean, she talked about the overtime chops that he's got already, obviously scoring on Teddy Bear toss night in overtime for the win. And, you know, he's, he buzzes around constantly. He's always moving and in the right place, and he's got a wicked shot. And so for me, that that three line right there gives you a little bit of goal scoring, a little bit of physicality, and a lot of face-offs. My third line, I guess my checking line, so to speak, Javen Heidergott from the Eagles is going to center that line. He can play both center and defense. He's slid up and down and done both of those this year. He actually played defense the last two years in the EHL before sliding up front. He's at a Telluride. On the right wing, I've got Will Cohen. I know that that's going to be an Ogden fan's nightmares seeing Will Cohen. Um, he's got a real, uh, yeah. he's got a real, a real sense for finding the back of the net against the Stangs this year. Yeah. Yes, I mean, he does. he's he's just him and McHugh. Um, as an aside, that's what is I think elevated this this Utah team from good to great is those two additions, you know, you had McHugh, who took a while as a rookie to really get comfortable, and then Will Cohen coming in as that early midseason addition has really stabilized their offense. And and on the left wing, for me, again, you know, I look at like, hey, if I'm building a team from scratch, you know, I want some experience, I want some goal scoring, 
I want some physicality, but I also want guys that are going to develop and are going to be in a position where in a year or two they can be the go-to guy. And for me, that's Owen Ames. Ames, Mm -hmm. and he's in the same boat as Blevins, right? He's every shift. He is out there. He's moving. He's working. He's digging. He's hitting. You know, he's got six goals so far this year. And for an 0-4, especially at this level, that's not an easy ask to go out there and, and get points, especially when you look at the Bulls, you know, when you've got such an experienced group in the top six, you know, for Ames to continually crack that from time to time at such a young age is really impressive. And I'm excited to see his development. And so that's that's my bottom six. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> I really liked uh, where we all kind of uh, went with our bottom six, and we all have taken very different, vast approaches, and I'm absolutely in love with that. And that's going to lead us into our top six. And, Brandon, you're going to lead us off on our top six. Who do you got? Well, I will start with my second line, and like I alluded to, I stayed away from the top scoring Mustangs. I figured they'd be a popular group. So for me, on on the left wing on that second line, I'm going to go with Gio Ursillo. And Ursillo is, again, he can be a, a great penalty killer. He's good on special teams. You know, the numbers are a little bit down for him this year, just nine points in his first 31 games. And and. He's an 03. He's still very young. He had an incredible breakout uh, season as a rookie last year with 21 points. You know, he had a hat trick at NOCO in January last year. And he's in a spot where he can really develop into a great goal scorer. And if you put him on a line and give him a little bit of help, I think that he's your silent assassin that you're going to look up and go, oh, wow, he's got 20 goals already. Um, and in that vein, the guys that I'm putting with him at center and right wing are going to be Miles McHugh and Braden Freifogel. Um, it's, you know, McHugh leads the outliers in points. He's got 39 of them this year. He's a rookie. And, you know, this line in particular, I like to say, is my is my wine line. You just got to give them some time. And they grow and they develop, and they're going to blossom into something wonderful. And that's really this line as, as a whole. You look at Ursillo, the first half of his rookie year. He was getting adjusted to the game, and when he broke out, he broke out in a big way. Miles McHugh down the middle as a rookie for this Outliers team. You know, this kid has just stepped it up. Since mid-November, he's been on fire. He's recorded a hat trick. He's got eight goals. He's really come into his own. And on the other side, Braden Freifogel in the same boat, you know, as a second-year player for the Eagles. Last year, he did most of his damage against the Mustangs down the stretch. Yeah. Um, But, you know, last season, he was really acclimating to the junior game. And, you know, he showed it in flashes that he had that scoring touch. Had seven goals, um, five of which came in the second half of the year. He had a pair of goals in the playoffs, and there were inklings that he was going to be the guy. and He was going to break out, and he's already got 14 goals this year. He leads the Eagles in goals and points. A little bit of a cold stretch right now, and I think that's really due to this is the first time for him where he's been in a position that everyone knows he's the guy. And so you stop him, you stand a good chance of stopping the Eagle offense, and it's a new role, and it's something that, you know, as an 0-3, he hasn't been in before, and so he's looking to kind of break out of that, that slide a little bit. Up top, I like, Chris, that you talked about you want to have an assist an assist guy. You want to have somebody that moves the puck and does it well. Matteo Langlois down the middle, affectionately known as the mop. He's always cleaning stuff up. 
He's always on the ice. He's always fighting for the puck. He's always digging digging out loose pucks. And Michelle, you talked about earlier him being such a great penalty killer. The Eagles have four shorthanded goals. He's got three of them. I mean, he's incredibly dynamic on the PK. And for me, he's centering a line with Felix Turcotte and Yuri Ushakov. You want to talk about speed and hands. Let's talk about Ushakov. I, yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to say something a little controversial here. I think that Ushakov has the best hands in the division. He just it is incredible. He is so quick on the puck. He's so quick getting to forehand, backhand, driving the front of the net. And I think what hurts him right now, and, and Michelle talked about this earlier, he's got 21 points, which is not a small feat on a team where, you know, the Riverblades haven't had a lot of consistent offensive threat this year. And opponents really circle Ushikov as that's the guy they have to stop. And even then, like, he's their guy, and he's been, I think, one of the bigger keys to them really trying to breathe some life into the second half. And on the left wing, Felix Turcotte, when he turns on the Jets, look out. I mean, he is so fast. And when he gets going, he gets going. He's got 12 goals in 35 games. And he's another guy that this second year with the Bulls organization has really blossomed last year he was a mid-season acquisition only had three points in 15 games really played a lot in the bottom six he was behind guys like St. Ange and Lone Andres you know those were the guys soaking up the minutes last year for for Pueblo and and this year he's gotten a larger opportunity and he's made the most of it again he's on a bit of a, a cold snap six game pointless streak but he just he's got such a quick shot he's so fast and i think that for me pairing that three that's a top line that's going to get lots of goals and lots of chances that's a really really interesting build i like that and i will agree with you on ushikov's hands i think uh he's got probably the dirtiest angles right now in the mountain division but michelle tell us about your top six Say, glad I did not have to go first on this one. I don't think I could have handled the pressure. And uh, I'd like to, like I said, I knew I would pronounce somebody's name wrong. So U- Ushakov, I apologize. I was saying Ushakov, but I digress. So for my second line, centering my second line, I have none other than Miles McHugh, as I just mentioned from the Utah Outliers. You guys pretty much touched on everything about him. This is where we see a lot more similar ground in our um, picks, I feel. So he leads Utah in points. I mentioned before, my guys on the Bulls have said that Utah is one of the toughest teams in this league because they're just such an excellent systematic team so having their leading point producer on the second line I feel is a great option just he helps develop so many great plays I feel and they really are able to slow things down set up some great plays and then whether or not he's the one scoring the goals as I mentioned earlier or as you mentioned Chris like sometimes they're the ones who draw the defense away from somebody and uh, that creates an open opportunity and that's the type of player that Miles McHugh is I feel with 39 points in 36 games. So I have Miles McHugh centering my second line. Then second line, right winger, once again, kills me to say it, but I do have Braden Freifogel of the Northern Colorado Eagles and uh, <laughs> won't go into much detail about this one, but uh, NOCO is a really deep team. So points are pretty evenly distributed throughout this team, I would say, but he leads Eagles in points as well as goals. So I think he does a great job in the scoring aspect. So having Braden Freifogel, as we mentioned, along with Bailey Freifogel as a defenseman, just you can't go 
go wrong there, but uh, I hate to admit it, as I said. And then this <laughs> one, I really hate to admit, but my left wing on my second line, we have Cade Herrera of the yeah. Ogden Mustangs. Yeah, I can't, can't believe I'm saying it, but yes, he leads Ogden in both points with 45 and goals with 24 uh, in 32 games. He's another forward that just gets the job done. And like I said, whenever the Bulls play Ogden, this is a name that you're going to hear quite often is Cade Herrera. And just Ogden pretty much as a whole, they are all great physical players. So it's going to be a physical game no matter who they're playing against. But to have both the physicality aspect to go along with skill, that's what Cade Herrera is is I feel and then as for my top line this is uh where it gets exciting I feel so I'll start with centering my top line I have Brendan Dicker from the Pueblo Bulls and him just like Connor Williams another one that I don't have enough good things to say about him and Lacomi play very similar and I think it's because of that uh they both at one point played in the MJHL so there might be a little bit of a connection there with the way that they both play they're both always in the right place at the right time they'll clean up on the doorstep Brendan Dicker he is amazing if face-off wins hardly ever see him lose a face-off and he can shoot like no other he's six foot three so he's also a big power forward strong guy he's able to just split defense like nobody's business and he got a sick goal in last night's game against the noco eagles as we were just talking about and like i said those were the wrong people to turn the puck over to because you know that one of them is going to find the back of the net <laughs> and it was brendan he scored his 14th goal of the season so i have him as my top line center just an outstanding player then, as for left wing, I have Will Cohen from the Utah Outliers. As I mentioned, uh, this is kind of, we kind of had this similar choice. Triple A, he played for the Colorado Thunderbirds. I know he also played in the NCDC prior to coming to this league. So I know that he's just done an outstanding job in those leagues. And those are impressive leagues. So uh, he's a left-hand shot. I'd put him on the right because even though he's not on his forehand, it still gives him an opportunity to score a lot of goals off his backhand and he's just leading Utah in goals this season. So I got to go with Will Cohen. And then as for my top line right winger, it's in my opinion, the best uh, player maybe in the USPHL. And that is Benny St. Ange of the Pueblo Bulls. He's playing 34 games this season, 61 points. And I still have to wrap my head around that. He's at 27 goals, 34 assists. And Benny St. Ange, he is a special player. And I feel like he gets the amount of credit that he deserves for being the special player that he is. And that's a wonderful thing because his teammates will talk about it. He does stuff that nobody else can figure out. It's kind of like a Nathan McKinnon, I would say. But I mean, Nathan McKinnon's a center, not a winger. And even though Benny is a winger, he can play both sides of the puck as well. He's both on the power play and the penalty kill. Love to see that. And just overall, finding the back of the net, especially in overtime, this not this weekend, but this past weekend, he had two overtime game-winning goals. So Benny St. Ange, I like to call him the man, the myth, the legend. He's absolutely insane. Yeah, that is that. Again, really, really good, really, really interesting builds. And um, I, I think like you were mentioning, Michelle, we all have a lot of names that are floating in very different positions. And then we're also each bringing up names that the others aren't. And I think that's that's a cool part about this. And and we'll wrap up with my top six here. As I know, listeners, we're running on time here. And thank you for sticking with us. 
Okay, my top, or I guess my second line. My second line kind of went around the same wavelength of uh, Brendan there's. I was going for like a young gun line, and I wanted one young gun to feed the other two. And so centering my second line of young guns is Jake Muir. Jake, not from State Farm, Muir. Maybe Miri. We'll find out, guys. But he's got 40 points this year, 10 goals. He's a 19-year-old out of Fremont, California, and he's just he has such a high hockey IQ. It's excellent to watch him play. And again, I'm really hoping he's doing okay after that hit he took uh, in last night's game. Um, how many awesome. how many fruit baskets and gift baskets do you think that Kenny and Ogden have sent to the San Jose Junior Sharks program? <laughs> it's got to be at least ten by now, right? For Miri and Herrera. <laughs> And 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 Tarantino, don't forget Tarantino's yeah, also. And, and we have Tarantino. a nice little San Jose Junior Sharks pipeline with Ogden. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot sorry, of really I, talented. I, I just, you know, you talked about him being from Fremont. And I just, my brain started spinning. I was like, man, I, yeah, how many fruit baskets? Because the San Jose Junior Sharks have been very helpful for the Stangs. Well, well, you even look at like Anaheim. Uh, we got like Mater out of Anaheim. A lot of these guys, like the amount of names that didn't make this list, like you mentioned Falzer, he didn't make my list. Uh, you mentioned Hawks. Both of all of their Falzer's name was on my list at one point. Hawks' name was on my list at one point. Mater's name was on my list at one point. It's tough. And of course, I could go over each team and which, which players got dropped. It's absurd. But hey, we're limited, right? So no, I, we got a great pipeline with the San Jose Junior Sharks, and I couldn't love them anymore for it. I think we even got uh, last year we got um, Ryan, or not Ryan Knight, we got Knight from them. But is it Ryan Knight? My brain's now Spencer Knight, Ryan Knight. But yeah, we got I think Ryan Knight from them last year. But yeah, I think he's an excellent centerman, such a high hockey IQ, and I needed to put him on a line where he could feed some goal scorers, and that's going to be left winger Will Cohen. I'm labeling players. A lot of you guys aren't labeled. So I'm going to give left winger Will Cohen here uh, 20 goals, 35 points. We've all talked about him already. The 18-year-old out of St. Paul, Minnesota. I won't dive too much on it. He's an excellent talent, and I can't wait to see how much more he's going to develop. And as you mentioned, Brendan, Yuri Yushikov for Provo will be on my right wing. Only 21 points this year in 27 games. But, yeah, when he's on the icy tracks, all the attention. He's the 18-year-old Russian-American out of Clifton Park, New York. So talented. His hands are wicked. He draws all the attention to him. That's why I nicknamed him Yuri Ovechkin after that goal he scored against Las Vegas in Las Vegas. Just coming down the right side of the ice like Ovechkin comes down on the left side of the ice. He is just going to develop, I think, into an all-around threat. Yeah, so that's kind of how I have my young guns line. Now, for my top line, Kate Herrera will center this line because him and Benjamin St. Ange are just, man, they are just talented goal scorers. I don't know what else you can say about those two, and I need someone to feed them. The person feeding them the puck is Lucas Vashko out of Ogden, the 20-year-old out of Vilnius, Lithuania. He has put up 42 points this year. 14 of those being goals. He's rough around the edges. He's a total, you know, I know he's from Vilnius, but he's a total Philly kid through and through, especially if you see the way he plays. And him attracting that attention and being that other guy on the line that allows Benjamin St. Ange and Kate Herrera to just take off even more than they can now with obviously with Kate Herrera being the 19 year old out of Brentwood, California with 46 points and Benjamin St. Ange being the 20 year old out of Quebec with 61 points. A Vashko Herrera St. Ange line would destroy the rest of the USPHL. Hands down. St. Ange attracts the attention, and even though he attracts the attention, he still scores. Those two back to back overtime 
game winners against Utah were just incredible. I expected it for the third game. I'm like, he's going to do it again. He's going to, you know, but but uh, doing it back to back games against Utah, nonetheless, just shows the talent of St. Ajing. Obviously, everything you said, Michelle, about Kate Herrera. He is he's the he's the young guy on the line. He's going to be, you know, centering the two 20 year olds here. I, I guess we'll call St. Ange and Washko grandpas. But he can just dangle there. I forgot who he was playing. I saved it as a highlight. It didn't make the highlight reel. But he just dangled the puck around like four or five different players and kept the puck in the zone and managed to pass it off. And I might have been Voshko he passed it off to that scored the goal. It was about a month and a half ago. Obviously, just talented players. The St. Ange Herrera line, Washko would just be just wicked and it would just like i agree with you michelle best division in the usphl i don't care what anybody else says i i think the thing that i like a lot from a development standpoint about washco in particular he has halved his penalty minutes this year i mean last year especially there were moments where you could see him either taking that extra step into a penalty or on the flip side he was one of those guys that you might be able to try and bait into a penalty and I feel like this year especially, like, that's what's made him – that's the next step for him that he's taken is he has really cut down on a lot of those penalties. And, and it's made him more effective because he's out on the ice more. You know, yeah. he's not spending time sitting in the penalty box. And and so just kind of going back, being the guy that can draw attention, so to speak, away from Herrera or, or St. Ange on your line, I, I think that's where he in particular – Especially this is his last year, and so he's yep. got to make an impression, you know, to keep playing at the college level and doing something like basically saying, hey, look, I learned from last year, and I've imposed a heck of a lot more discipline into my game is huge. It's absolutely massive. Yeah, and and that's, I think, what, what college coaches want to see and uh, and those recruiting into those those programs is they can see all the talent in the world, but if, if the player hasn't changed much and like I said, last year he did spend a lot of time in the box and I can't imagine what additional threat he would have been because you saw it last year. I mean, he's a super talented player. How many more points he could have put up last year if he could have kept maybe his uh, emotions in check during the game and played a little bit smarter game, which he's done this year. And look at, yeah, he's been an absolute terror this year in the Mountain Division. But we're going to wrap this up, listeners. What do you think of our picks? Do you disagree with them? Do you agree with them? Let us know on Twitter. And before we wrap up here, I do want to talk about the nonprofit of the podcast. It's the Northern Colorado Wildfire Center, uh, who rehabilitates sick, injured, and orphaned wildlife, and when successful, release those animals back into their natural habitats. So give them a look at nocowildlife.org. Link will be in the episode description. We want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at PHHOfficial to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any upcoming games or hockey news we should cover in a future podcast. We, again, also want to thank our special guest, the broadcaster of the USPHL's Northern Colorado Eagles, Brendan Price, for jumping on the episode. Thanks again for having me, guys. This was a lot of fun. We should do it again sometime. Absolutely. I think me, you, and Michelle are uh, kind of obsessive Mountain Division hockey fans here, so... We're definitely going to be thrilled to bring you back on and talk some more Mountain Division hockey. But that said, this is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Michelle. To be honest, I'm not ashamed to say it. If I could have chosen more Pueblo Bulls players, I would have. <laughs> You're putting that out there for your safety net. I had restrictions to prevent all of us from loading up on our own teams and forcing us to talk about the rest of the town <laughs> in the division. But that said, remember, listeners, always clear your crease.